0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Second City Sports Zoom style.
1: Zoom style.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Keena McGee. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram.
2: I'm Sid the You can follow me on Twitter and the Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. This week we are naked, not literally, but we have no guests, but it does not mean that we don't have a lot to talk about.
0: Oh, absolutely. And we actually have a big announcement coming up at the end of the show, so make sure to tune in and stay, you know, stay, have your ears open for that. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So, Sid, we got a lot to get to, so let, let's just get right to it. If you guys haven't, haven't, you know, been following or you guys have been in a cave, you have heard about a lot of things that have been happening in D.C., involving the Washington NFL team, which between we had Julie Donaldson off from NBC Sports Washington last week. We thought that maybe we could have gotten her on this week, but I, I think, you know, I think she's still trying to you know, process and digest, you know, everything like, all, like the rest of us are. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: we'll just get right to it. Uh, between the name change and now this stuff that came out, if you guys haven't, you know, been following this for like the last week, um, it started, I think, like, about like, Sunday nights where you had, like, people, um, they were teasing, the Washington Post were teasing about, like, oh, there's this big scandal coming up that's going to be, going to make the, the name change seem like nothing, and then, like, we've been hearing and, you know, reading about it, like, you know, the various people in D.C. who cover the news and sports, you know, been teasing about it, but, and then, it, it and then on Yesterday at 4.30 our time, just about 4.30, the ball finally dropped, if you will. 15 former uh, Washington NFL, NFL teams employees described the, the, you know, the, the culture. Some who worked there for years as very toxic, you know, with harassment and verbal abuse and things like that. Daniel Snyder, the owner, came out with a statement that was sort of like, excuse me, very vague, although the 15 women did say that, you know, Snyder didn't, Actually, do the direct harassment, but you know, there have been like you know, people have been fired and other stuff's been going on. So, Sid, what do you think? I know you've been you've been kind of following it a little bit, but you know, Sid, what do you think about all this? And what's your opinion on it?
2: As we always say, sports is kind of the microcosm of society, right? Yep. And with this situation with the Washington football team, it, it's no different. Unfortunately, harassment goes on not just in the workplace in sports, but unfortunately. In workplaces outside the sports realm, every day. Uh, now, with the story about the 15 women that were the alleged abuse, uh, I know there is an investigation going on. If those, if those claims are found to be true, then uh, those individuals involved should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. I know that the, uh, the ones that the names that were mentioned, uh, as far as excuse me, <coughs> the alleged accusers. Uh, they were—they either resigned or they were let go, and now including now former uh, radio voice of the Washington football team, uh, Larry Michael, if, if those that don't know who he is, you know, just Google him. He was, he was the voice of HBO Boxing for a long time before he took that job. But with that being said, um, toxic culture in any workplace, not just the sports, but outside the sports world as well, should not be tolerated. I know at the end of that statement, she referred to like uh, owner Daniel Snyder, said we wanted to create an environment. Just paraphrasing here, we wanted to create an environment of inclusion and acceptance. And, and yes, it has to be cleaned up, but you know we let stuff go on like this for a long time, and no one's there to. I'm not going to say control it, but put a cease to it. Stuff like this unfortunately happens.
0: Well, and also I would also add, you know, Bruce Allen got let go earlier in the year and you you sort of wonder like, okay, what's sort of, what's been going on here? Have, you know, people, you know, how many, how much did Daniel Snyder knew? I think that's the really like the question that needs to be asked. I mean, I, you have to think that he had to have known something was happening. I mean, there's no way that, you know, after all this time, there's no way that he could not have known that something like that stuff like this was going on. I, I just don't see how can he not have been, how, not at least known something or at least heard about what's been going on. I just don't see it.
2: Yeah. I'm with you on that one. He has to know something. He may not know everything because uh, a large sports uh, organization like that, you cannot know everything. That's why you hire consultants. You hire people to oversee different departments. And they report to you what's going on, what's not going on. But, like you said, Mr. Snyder has to know some things, a lot a little somethings about what's been happening here. I know he wasn't, uh, uh, he's not vindicated yet because of the name change that's forthcoming, but he has to know something. And listening to various talk shows, radio talk shows around the country, uh, I know people wanted to compare this situation to the Mark Cuban situation. But for those of you who don't know, around this time last year. Uh, he, uh, he bailed out uh, an employee of his who works for the Maps website who was uh, uh, accused of domestic violence. I think that person is still working in an organization. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. But and I know people, some people at the time were yelling for the fact that Mark Cuban should be forced to sell his team. Of course, yeah, you know, he's still owner of the Maps. He, you know, he went on the jump on ESPN, the television program, and cried. this hard to say he was sorry and uh, uh, these types of actions won't happen again. I want to ask you first, like, you know, I'll give you my answer afterwards, but do you think Dan, Dan Snyder should, should be forced to sell the team if he knows more than what he's been letting know? Because, because let's be honest here, uh, I'm sure including his side, his people, they are all lowered up right now. So if, if, it, if it comes out that he knows more than we do, than that any of us know, do you think he should be forced to sell his team?
0: Well, I tweeted out a couple of hours ago when I first saw his statement. I think he's—he's. I think NFL is going to have to force his hand and perhaps maybe sell it because look at Jerry Richardson, the former owner of the Panthers. Now, in that case, he he was directly involved in the harassment and in the work environment. Now, Mm -hmm. in the case of Mark Cuban, I've heard people say that, but here's the difference: Cuban actually admitted and actually went on talk shows. He went, like you say, he went on the jump. He did interviews saying, "Look, this is on me. I should have known." And you know I'm gonna clean it up, and he actually has, has done that. I mean, he brought an African American female, like one of the highest uh, uh, positions in the NBA for an NBA team, so that helps a little bit. We're not seeing that for Daniel Snyder, at least not right now. And you know, I find it hard to believe. And plus, you know, I think it was only like one. It's maybe a couple instances This one particular person. In this case, we're talking about 15 women. I mean, only I think only like one of them actually came out. Like, you know, put her face, you know, the other ones sort of stayed, you know, mm-hmm. anonymous and off the wreck off, you know, off the, the media's, uh, media circles. But uh, I, I think he's not going to have a choice here. I'm talking about Daniel. Sorry, he may not have a choice. And mm-hmm. the NFL, they're trying to clean up their image, with their PR, you know, with all the stuff about, you know, buying social ju- justice and such. And you it was like all these other well, women who have worked in the sports industry for years. We Look, we've had a lot of them on recently, and they've shared some various experiences about, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with this type of thing, you know? I know Caitlin, our good friend, Caitlin Sharkey from Fox 32 Chicago, you know, we just had on a few weeks ago. She kind of, you know, shared sort of nothing like, nothing to this extent with some of the all- mm-hmm. allegations, but sort of similar stuff we hear like others, you know, Jen Ladder from ESPN, one of our favorites. You know, she, she you know, shared a couple instances where she dealt with it. And, you know, of course, Lisa Olson, you know, the longtime Boston Globe reporter who covered the Patriots, Mm-hmm. if you remember back in the late 80s early 90s before Robert Kraft, Kraft took go over the team she you know came out and said that the, the work environment there was very toxic so and you're hearing like all these other you know various sports media sport female sports people who have come out and say look it's not just Washington it's not just the NFL it's not just this so I think people are kind of waking up and saying you know what no more so what what do you think about you know, should Snyder, Schitt Snyder uh, be forced to sell a team and wait about all this other stuff that's been going on?
2: I know this investigation is going to take a while, but if it comes out that he knew more than what we know and he was in, he's in a position of power to do something, he was in a position to do something right away and he didn't act on it, then yes, he should be forced to sell his team. Uh, look at Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. He was in a position to suspend Ray Rice for more games, but, and he claimed that he never saw the tape. Of course, the evidence came out that he saw the tape, and he still gave Ray Rice three games before we saw ended up, um, ended up what happened to, uh, to Rice, and he eventually lost his career. So uh, if a situation like that comes up, and he wasn't, it, not, he didn't use his power to the greater good and, and stop it sooner, then yes, he should be forced to sell the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how this goes, because I think that there are going to be, you know, Dara Ravel actually tweeted something that I think he deleted since, because I think he saw all the backlash that came out, saying that, well, this will not force, you know, Snyder to sell the team, but, you know, I think people are, I think people are kind of, you know, when we were seeing with the social justice, social injustice, you know, fighting that, but now I think sexism is now, like, the oldest part mm-hmm. about it, so... I think the people are going to come up and say, look, you need, you know, the NFL needs to show that, that this kind of stuff should not be tolerated. So it'll be very interesting to see if, you know, what the, the rest of the owners do here because they, you know, Jerry Richardson, I keep bringing it up from a couple of years ago, they kind of forced him out pretty quick. So you got to yeah. think that in this case that maybe they may do the same thing with Daniel Snyder, who knows.
2: Uh, I'll piggyback off your point. Uh, we're living in a Me Too era right now. And people can question that that movement has been positive or negative. That wherever you uh, side that you stand on that issue, that's a whole n- another issue. But we're living in a different culture right now. And I, I, I agree with you, Lakin. I think sexism, like I said, the, race, the social justice thing, has been out there for a while. But I think the sexism issue will push this over the top to force Daniel Snyder to sell the team. I think that people wanted him out of there because of the name change just to start first to start something new but with the with story coming out uh, as of this podcast, like you said, I think the sexism slash me too movement will push, uh, uh, force the powers that be with the other 31 owners to force Daniel Snyder to sell the team. I think if you get that movement going, uh, that movement is strong enough to make momentum as great as a snowball. Uh, he's going to have to force to sell his team. I and think we may end up sitting there in anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, he may have to. He may not have a choice. Uh, But no doubt that he like said he's probably luring up, and you know, I'm sure you know, he's not going to give up without a fight. I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard some people kind of compare this to Donald Sterling, what happened there. Totally different circumstance, but, you know, again, right. they, he was forced out pretty quick, so we'll see. I mean, this this will be interesting. And poor Ron Rivera. I mean, <laughs> it seems like, you know, because we, we were saying that we were kind of surprised that he actually took the Washington job because there were so many Jobs and also, you know, of all the owners that were very volatile. So now I think you look at it now, you think, okay, what's happening here? And his daughter actually works for the organization, so you gotta think he's not gonna. I'm sure he'll have his um say on what happens here. So we'll see. All right, so and some of the various things is that that's not the only thing that's been happening in the NFL off the field. With training camp uh, scheduled to start within the next week, I think it's some case like next weekend or probably even. Yeah, nine two. days as,
2: as of this recording. Yeah,
0: yeah, as of this taping, about nine days. Um, there have been, like, some various, you know, sort of things that have been kind of coming up. Um, JJ Watt tweeted something yesterday about, you know, players want to play, but they want to make sure they're safe. You know, look go through his Twitter account, you know, to see what we're talking about. So what do you think, Sid? I mean, because every, like, you know, you know, you know, they've been doing Zoom meetings and Zoom workouts, and they haven't been able to all been you know, meet face-to-face. So what do you think is happening here in the NFL, especially as we get closer and closer to training camp?
2: I know there's been this perception out there that the NFL has just started talking over the last few weeks, but reading and listening to Adam Schefter, the NFL insider from ESPN. He said that the NFL has been talking for the last couple of months about a plan uh, to protect the players and minimize the risk of COVID-19. During training camp and possibly the preseason. The reason why I say possibly be because we already know that the preseason, as of right now, has been shrinked down for four games to two games. And as we mentioned, training camp starts in nine days as of this recording. And as of this recording as well, the rookies for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texas, I believe, uh, have were given the green light to report to camp first. With that being said. Uh, the deal that's on that should should be that's on the table. Uh, the NFLPA wants no preseason games and daily testing. I think this is what it all comes down to. They want to be te- the players to be tested daily, and I can't blame them for that. On the other side, you have the owners that want to uh, have the players tested every other day and keep the two preseason games. You know why you want to keep the two exhibition games? They're the only ones that get paid, yeah. even with this uh, pandemic going on. And so we said before on this show again, pre-COVID, not many fans were attended anyway. One, because the ticket prices are too darn high. Yep. Number two, you don't see your favorite players play. Right. Because they're sitting on, standing on the side with like t T-shirt and shirts and, and shorts on, waving to the crowd, kissing babies. So you're gonna, I can understand both sides, but I'm with the players on this one. If this means starting the NFL on time or close to, to it being on time, from the player side, I'm all for it they should be tested daily
0: because yeah, they have they- are
2: the most risk, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean Andrew as long Whitworth. Of the formation sports. Yeah, exactly. And uh Andrew, Andrew Whitworth, they're actually doing a call as we speak the NFLPA and the um, NFL. They're doing a call right now and the veteran left tackle for the Rams, offensive of tackle Andrew Whitworth actually just just said and Dan, Dan Garziano just tweeted this saying that that he and he had a family member who went to lunch with a friend contracted the virus and soon after him his wife and their kids and his parents and well actually his his in-laws, his his mother and father all caught it. So, you know, to avoid kind of this this type of thing that they're gonna have to do, you know, daily testing and they're gonna have to kind of like check temperatures and, you know, all the other things that they do. Cause look, you know, as I just as I just said, I mean, this this, this could this stuff spreads quickly. And I think you can only do so much with the you know, preparation, you know, disinfectants and, you know, and, you know, with wipes and whatnot, and Lysol, everything and Clorox, everything. But, you know, you can still like, we're talking like, you know, people were talking about with the schools, whether or not they reopen, you know, CPS, I just came out and said, they, you know, maybe just have in-person learning two days a week and then have the upperclassmen in high school do remote learning, learning only for the fall. I think, maybe there needs to be at least the NFL sort of like they're trying to kind of like stay one step ahead and not going on like, okay, like usual, but I think they're going to have to make some big decisions here.
2: And one of those big decisions is will they cancel the entire preseason if they agree to what the players association has proposed on the table, daily, daily testing with no preseason games. I would not be surprised in a couple of weeks. We'll hear the announcement of no preseason games. And if that's the case, uh, what is your guidelines for practice? Uh, we all know it's not going to be the same, at least for this season, because, uh, like we said before, is you could do so many Zoom meetings and Zoom practices, mm-hmm. and you eventually had to get out. You had to get out on that field. Now, what can coaches do? Uh, I don't know. You probably have to separate them even more. You know, offense takes the field at this time, special teams at this time, defensive players at this time as we know as of right now not all coaches are allowed in the building so there's going to be a limited access and limited amount of people who could be in that building all at one time
0: and also with states closing up again look at Arizona Arizona's basically has closed down basically what's Cliff Kingsbury and his coaching staff what what are they going to do Mm -hmm. for the Cardinals and California they they've closed you know Governor Newsom over there they they he's closed up California again so what are the coaches there what are they going to do so I mean, this is sort of like a lot of things where they're gonna have to figure out here because there are some states that have, you know, a lot of states are closing up again. You got other states that are sort of limited restrict limited restrictions, but mm-hmm. at the same time, though, what are they gonna do? So they're gonna have to all get together and figure out what they're gonna do because, especially with training camp coming up, and you're gonna have to kind of like make some tough, make some maneuvers. You're gonna have to maybe. Like you said, said maybe just have like the offense here and the defense at one time, and the special teams, and maybe have the coaches' means over there. Just do like maybe like just keep everybody apart, like six feet apart, mm-hmm. so that listen, this is uncharted territory for the NFL, and this is something that they they're going to have to figure out.
2: I know I'm not I'm not going to say I'm too much of of not of a genius, but I'll say this here: if we don't get an 11th 11th hour deal you could pretty much cancel the preseason. I think that's safe to say, correct, if you just follow the timeline here.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, I think, unless they maybe, like, go in the middle, like, maybe, like, one preseason game, so that maybe that they have, like, the practice squad guys, the late-round guys, you know, have the coaches take a look at them since they haven't been able to do so it this off season. So it's probably, like, maybe the one compromise that I can see happening, but we'll just have to wait and see because – Again, if wins up being just one or maybe none at all, I think this is, yeah, I think this will definitely be interesting. And these next couple of weeks are going to be very critical for the NFL because it's something that they're going to have to figure out.
2: Yeah, just real quick, uh, listening to uh, Bart Scott, the former NFL player, now he has a, a local show on uh, the ESPN Radio New York. And he was saying that with all these moves, he thinks that, that the NFL is prepared to start in October. Me personally, I hope that's not the case. But then, too, you never know. And number two, we finding out more uh, information about this virus every day. And like you said, again, with the states closing up uh, or pulling back on restrictions again. Uh, as a right, if if, if this was uh, the final straw, I think he would be correct. But things can change. We you know within a couple of days, within a couple of weeks, so this thing can switch, switch, uh, switch either way. Excuse me. Uh, uh, any day or any moment, so we just don't know. Like you said, you could be safe as possible, but I don't want to come on a um, down on a hard decision. And we'll get to college football in just a moment, but I don't want to come down on a hard decision. Then things can change within an instant, and then you, you you regret that decision. I think the NFL is doing it right here, but. I don't want to jump the gun too much yet. I don't want to predict doom and gloom. I don't want to say anybody's predictions that are, that they're dead wrong or they're spot on. We just don't know.
0: Well, and I'm sure, listen, I'm sure Roger Adele is you know talking to Dr. Fauci, probably regular and other experts on the regular to see, like to get some kind of guidance on what, can be done mm-hmm. and what they can do because to kind of like try to at least get if they can't get the full season maybe get like 10 12 games perhaps mm-hmm. especially if they you know the, the second wave comes out in the fall I mean look we haven't gotten the first wave yet because everything's closing up again so in a lot of places so again this is something that we're gonna have to keep an eye on and, and look out for because again this is something that's totally unprecedented we haven't been through this before and I think people need to kind of like Hopefully, finally, folks are taking this seriously
1: mm-hmm.
0: because, you know, you're seeing, like, people say, oh, it's a hoax, it's this, it's that, but now I think it's starting to affect them and it's starting to affect, you know, people around them, and I think they're realizing that, yeah, yeah you know what, maybe I should have taken it seriously, so that's, that's usually, that's what it takes, unfortunately, for people.
2: Yeah, and a couple, a few countries overseas are a couple of steps ahead of us already, so we should learn from them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, yeah, I think the Premier League, I think they had, like, zero zero players and coaches test po- and personnel test, you know, test positive zero. So they've been able to contain it. I mean, look, and in Germany, they've been able to contain it over there. So, and we know that New Zealand, I mean, they, you know, they basically made the virus disappear pretty much. So the fact that we can't do it here, like you you wonder, there should be a national mandate of mass, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So speaking of college, uh, college football, We've seen like some of the various conferences, some of the big conferences, you know, the Big Ten, the Pac Twelve. The SEC hasn't made any decisions yet. Uh the American has said that, okay, you know what? We'll make our decision in a couple of weeks. Say they with the SEC, some of the smaller conferences like the MIAC, they've canceled fall uh yeah, fall They, they shut it down, yeah. Yeah, they basically shut down um I think in the conference – I think in the conference where Illinois – all the – most of the small Illinois teams like Illinois State, so I don't think they've made their decisions yet. I don't think – I know the Gateway Football Conference, I know they said that they're going to, you know, push back until fall – until um, spring, I think. And you got, like, some of the other um, various c- conferences have made their decision yet to either cancel or you know, put off till spring. So what do you think about all this, Sid, because this – yeah, I mean, and also I like the fact that Mac Brown Mac Brown, who's a coach of North Carolina, said, Look, where where's the football czar? We need like where's the NCAA in this? Because Mark Ember is just doing a lot of lip service at this point, And the fact that he hasn't really like kind of like taken the lead of like, look, I can go on a rant about it, but we don't have the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't have the time for it, so I'll let you have the floor.
2: We all know that NCAA, that system is broken. They're ran by a bunch of crooks, but like you said, that's a whole nother issue. But with that being said, Uh, I'm skeptical, skeptical about college football starting on time because now opening day is as of right now, August 29th, but I think you pretty much say as of right now that that's not going to be the case, especially with the, with the conference only schedule as of right now with the big 10 and I forgot the other conference that you mentioned, but in a, in a Pac-12, will, will it be eight games? Will it be 10 games? Will it be seven or eight? We just don't know. Yeah, I know they're working on it as we speak. But I, with various programs doing whatever they want to do, you have to wonder, correct? As we said before in this program, especially with the SEC, remember in the beginning, we're going to play football no matter what, and no one's going to stop us, blah, blah, blah. Over the last month, they changed their tune. Yeah, and, and the president of the SEC uh, has uh, came out and said, I'm not sure we're going to start on time, but we all know that it, this comes down to money. And I'm sure with the, with the two conferences that we previously mentioned, going to conference only schedule, I think that the SEC would fall in line because it's all about the money at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, Greg shanky has been kind of changed his tune a little. Well, he wasn't saying that, but like other SEC yeah. coaches mm-hmm. and various people have been saying it, but. He's really the first person that said, Look, we're just gonna wait and take the wait and see, the, see the approach. Now he said the statement a couple of days ago saying, Look, I don't think we're gonna start on time. And you know, the Big Twelve is sort of like, Hey, listen, we we've been doing this for years, we've been doing this for like the last decade. You know, we've done like we play everybody, you know, even though it's only 10 teams, but we everyone plays each other. So this is probably like, okay, we may have to we can't do like the conference, like you know, the interconference matchups. But uh I mean, you yeah, yeah, feel for some of these, some of these um schools because for a lot of these schools, like I'll take the MIA guys, as an example, they take those beatings so that they can get money for their athletic departments. And the fact that they're not going to get that this year, you wonder what's going to happen with some of those sports. And you know, other schools mm-hmm. in the FCS, I mean, how is this going to affect like the lower tier FBS and also mm-hmm. the FCS schools that probably aren't better off?
2: They'll, they're they going to get hit the hardest,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, they're probably gonna have to cut some, they're probably gonna have to cut or suspend some comp some of their sports because. They're not getting that money that they would get from playing Alabama, from playing Michigan or Ohio State, mm-hmm. you know, and schools like that. So, especially the Mac, I mean, the Mac, like the, you know, the Mac, you know, conference saying, look, this is just the beginning. So, we may have to like do some definitely make some tough decisions. But yeah, you wonder, like, okay, where's the A in this? Like, how come there's nobody there saying, okay, look, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and this. Okay. If we don't do that, okay, we'll put this, we'll, we'll do it in the spring and okay, if it's feasible. And then we'll probably just start in January and in March, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, we'll do it that way. Why we're not, why haven't we heard that from the assembly? I don't know. This is should have taken a lead in this, especially once you know March Madness got canceled. They had to cancel all those tournaments.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of revenue they lost. So they have to have, I don't understand why they don't have a plan B, but again, what do I know? Not my business.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of a plan B, I don't know if you saw saw this tweet the other day from Brett McMurphy, former ESPN guy now with Watch Stadium. He tweeted out that the University of Illinois, for all their home games this upcoming season, uh, is going to be filled to 20% capacity, capacity, reverse seating. I don't know what that means. And, Tailgating, as we told you on this show, tailgating and social distancing does not mix. Well, the University of Illinois agrees, and they use their sense and says there will be no tailgating.
0: And hey, we're probably going to be seeing that from the other schools too. We're not, you know, you're not. We we've been yeah. saying this for like the last few moment, couple months. The University
2: and, of Illinois.
0: <laughs> yeah, Well we we listen. We've been saying this for the last couple of months that we're not going to see any tailgating. We're not going to see, mm-hmm. you know stadiums filled to capacity you're you're just not going to do it you may get 20 25 you know at most of some in most spots Mm -hmm. but that's pretty much it so what illinois did isn't surprising i'm sure other schools are going to follow suit.
2: yeah i think they will only because like we said it all comes down to money they had to recruit the money that they lost somehow due to this pandemic so uh, uh the the. some money is better than no money at all. and Like you said, uh, Lakina, if it's affecting these big schools, which it is, it's affecting everybody. The lower schools would get hit the most. So uh, with, with this move by the University of Illinois, I think it should be, and I think it will be a trend with all these other big schools, especially in these Power 5 conferences to follow suit. That's the only way to go if you want to play, correct? You yep. know, you have to have safety guidelines. If, if you can't follow this model, you're not going to play.
0: I mean, it is sort of like, I'm surprised, but I think we'll see if others, like you said, if other schools and maybe conferences making a mandate for some of these conferences, maybe they just say, you know what, you can't have no more than 30 or 40%, you know, in your, in your stands, you know, no, no tailgating. You know, people can just forget. I know, especially SEC country, you know, tailgating is like the next big event, You know, you, you won't be able to see the players, you know, coming up to the stadium and the locker mm-hmm. room. So, you're not going to see that folks. Sorry. You just won't. And, and, like I said, I mean, it, it's going to be very interesting to see if they do follow Illinois' you know, uh, lead here. And I think they will. Because, like you said, they got to recruit that money somehow. And, you know, let me just see, these, listen, these next couple of weeks are going to be critical for everybody in college football and other fall sports, you know, soccer, men's and women's soccer, women's volleyball, and other mm-hmm. fall sports. Because, you know, you got some that are canceling them all together, but then you got others say, okay, we're just going to wait till the spring and sort of try to make that, you know, I'm sure in some schools it will probably be feasible because your know, soccer fields, you know, are they're not being used and, you know, you got men's but you can kind of try to coordinate that with the men's volleyball teams. Cause theirs is in the spring. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure they will be able to coordinate that. But as far as like having people in the stands, cause some schools have already said that they're going to do all remote learning. So you're not going to have a lot of these kids on campus. So I'm assuming that they're going to probably have to get folks from probably outside or probably live in the area to kind of fill those seats to, to 20%. So we'll see what happens. All right, so uh more stuff yo. Know, where do you want to where do you want to go next, Sid?
2: Oh, uh, let's knock out the WNBA. Uh, oh I, my I, gosh. I, <laughs> I have major issues right now with this organization. Of course, with the only oh, if you could help me out, like, you know, the owner of the Atlanta Dream, uh, um, challenging Black Lives Matter, saying some off the wall stuff. I gonna say people having their opinions on that, but I'll 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 stay staggered on that. But the biggest issue that I have with them this week is uh, Elena Delladom, the former Chicago Sky player, now with the Washington Mystics. Uh, she has Lyme disease, and she takes 64 pills a day. And she asked to have uh, – she wanted to opt out for this upcoming season and not participate uh, in the season in the bubble. And she was denied her request. And now she is saying she has to fight for her life in order to get paid. I'm just paraphrasing here. I have a problem with that. She has a legitimate condition. We all know that with this COVID-19 virus, people with pre-existing conditions or previous health conditions are are the first susceptible to this virus. And to deny her uh, a request of not playing this season, you really put one of your major stars in your league in jeopardy heaven forbid that something happens to her and she catches this virus, the WNBA will go downhill from, from, from there. This just makes no sense to me. She should, grant, should be granted her request. She's taking care of her, of her health. She's one of the ambassadors uh, in your league. And you, have, you treat her like this? This just makes no sense to me. So Maybe you on. know something I don't know, Lakina, but I, well, I, I just don't get it.
0: Well, okay. As far as the Atlanta Dream's concerned, Katie Leffler who I believe is a senator or con- Congresswoman, she she she's in Congress from Georgia, and she said basically, you know, she's one of the owners of the team. She said, "Look, I'm we're not going to do this. We're not going to do Black Lives Now. We're not going to do this and this and this." And of course, you know, the team's taking her to task. her fellow owners have taken her to task on this. So that'll be just to see if they kind of like WBA kind of forced her hand and kind of forced her share. First, to sh- for her to, sh- to sell her share of the team, so we'll see what happens there. As far as Leah De- Lea Deladon, if you saw her, if you read her article in the Athletic, and there was a photo of her, like you know, both her hands, like sixty-two pills a day she has to mm-hmm. take. Sixty-two pills. A- Let me say it again: sixty-two pills a day.
2: You cannot make this stuff up. But...
0: Yeah, she actually, yeah, she said, you know, the photo is on. Yeah, the photo is on uh, the Athletic. I think, I think, I think a couple other folks have. Had that photo of her with those pills. That's, I mean, and plus, like, look, I have a pre-existing condition, so I have to be careful who I'm around and whatnot. And look, Lyme disease. If anybody, if, if you know anybody who's had it, who has it, it's it's really bad. So, if God forbid she gets sick, I mean, what? what and she's one of your top stars, so. It's just, even if she wasn't a top star in your league, this is just the right thing to do. So the fact that they're not mm-hmm. going to give her like that medical waiver and a medical leeway, I, I just think that, you know, you're kind of becoming like money hungry like some of the other organizations. So like, you know, either you play or you don't get paid or and, and this and, and whatnot. So the fact that they, what they're doing to her is just wrong, just flat out wrong.
2: I, I would give the WNBA a leeway here. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, do they know something that we don't know? Maybe, but as of right now, I'm not buying it. But the way they treat one of their top stars is just completely out of line. It's just completely wrong.
0: Yeah, and he already had like various players. You know, some of the other top players have pulled out. I mean, I think Diana Taurasi has, has uh, pulled out for this year. Um, Maya Moore has uh, well, well, for, other, for other reasons, but she has pulled mm-hmm. out. Some of the other top players have, have pulled out as well. So they're in a pretty big bind if you're the WNBA because you're just starting to kind of like get into, excuse me, we're both having problems today. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, but um, you're just starting to find your footing and you've got, you know, people, you know, more and more people are watching your, your, are in the stands watching your games. They got more Mm -hmm. and more TV viewers watching. So this unfortunately does not help. And, you know, the fact that you're treating one of your top players like this is just like, really this is how you guys are going to treat your one of your top players you know it's not like and they I'm sure they've known this I mean people we've I've known that she's athletic disease since she was in college so I'm the fact that they're not this isn't secret I mean people have known this about her so I don't understand why they're not willing to let her do this because you know like you said Sid if God forbid she catches it like, you're basically, W H basically screwed. So, I don't know, like, what's the, I don't know what the deal is with them. I don't know, like, you know, I think they're going to have to maybe call some PR people because this is not good for them.
2: Yeah, how many fans that the WBA will lose because of this? I'm just curious to see how much. Like you said, they're, they've been uh, increasing popularity over the last few years, and, and people are watching their games a little bit more. How many fans that they're going to lose over this? Because this this is really unjust right here what is being done to Elena Deladon.
0: This is definitely another something that's probably gonna to to look look at because like you said, Sid, I mean, you know, if she decides to sue, I mean this 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 could be very bad for the league. And not just PR wise, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> they finally they finally got a chance to like you say, like I like I just said, you finally got people watching your games and you got people watching your games on television. The ratings are have have gone us you know Exp- exponentially so this does not help your pr like that you're doing it to one of your top players so it'll be interesting to see what happens here because this isn't over by a long shot
2: no it's not
0: all right let's get to baseball sid um they have like i guess they had like another uh, test of player like was only like maybe a few players that tested positive, so that's a good thing um you want makata came out and from the White Sox, came out and said that he had COVID, you know, but he's feeling better now. Um, the Cubs haven't had any positive tests. So, you know, that that's good. And there's look like things are starting to get, get going here for the first games of the season, which is coming next Friday. So what do you think, Sid?
2: Uh, hopefully, I know we, we didn't address this too much last week, but I'll address it here. Um, with the testing, as far as MLB is concerned, I know that a, a few teams that stopped workouts because of the delayed results of the problems with the testing, where the uh, where the test is being conducted, where they get their results from. Um, that was a, a, a great decision by those organiza- organizations to stop it because heaven he forbid that the uh, the test results come back if you were continuing to do, do those workouts, if you were those teams that put the workouts on hold. And... And one of those players came back. The test came back, and a few of those players the, on those teams that stopped the workouts at test the positive, that would have been dangerous and would have been reckless right there. So for those organizations that stopped the workouts until the test results came back, uh, props to them. Now, as far as John Hamakata, I know there was speculation early that he had that he, that he had COVID nineteen. Turns out that it was true, but I'm glad that he was given his privacy. I know the HIPAA laws are in in effect as well, so um, people can't know everything. Thank goodness for that. But first of all, I'm just glad that he's okay, that his family seems to be okay. That's uh, the first and most important thing. And number two, I am glad that he's back out on the baseball field. I know that that, um, Kenley Jansen, the closer uh, pitcher for the L.A. Dodgers, he's back on the field now. He tested positive for COVID-19, so... I think, like you said, baseball is just like any other sports. You have to navigate through this thing carefully. You have to live with the fact that some of your players will be tested for this virus, but it's what you do about it afterwards. If if you're reckless with this, uh, it could be problematic for you. But it seems like that baseball, hopefully we'll finally get this testing issue resolved and then hopefully that it it won't be – a problem going in the future as far as getting results right away. Hopefully those plays are being tested every day.
0: Which is probably what you're going to have to do Mm
2: -hmm. if,
0: look, if someone tests positive, they're going to have to quarantine that person. Like they, like, you know, Makata had to do for the next, you know, 10 to 14 days. So the important, like you said, the important things, like he's feeling better. He said, look, he feels good and he's ready to go. And I think that, look, I think that's the best you can hope for. Hopefully this can get contained. And hopefully, like you said, the testing issues have been, happening the last couple of weeks have been resolved. And look, let's just hope that this thing goes off without a hitch. I mean, MLS, I mean the fire had a big win against um FC Seattle. Seattle FC, I should say, the defending champions. And, you know, they you know the MLS, you know, they've, you know, they're I think the last test that they had, they were like one on like one person like the tire thing tested mm-hmm. positive. So they seem to kind of be getting it under control. So it can be done. And also the PGA tour I mean, tires back in the memorial this week so I know they've had some issues I think like Nick Watney tested positive and a couple other golfers and caddies you know I think Brooks Kepka's caddy I think tested positive so he had to you know he had to withdrew from the last tournament that mm-hmm. he participated in he's playing right now so you know his caddy is feeling better but I think I think the fact that course, there are going to be positive tests but I think also how do you how do you handle it how do you control it because, we, like we said, we've seen it in Europe and other places that they've been able to, con- to contain it and control it. So hopefully they'll be able to do it here.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, back to baseball. Uh, as of this recording uh, of exhibition, game, uh, exhibition games will start this weekend, including the Chicago White Sox playing the Chicago Cubs in the friendly com- confines on Sunday night. Will you be watching?
0: I might take a look at it just to see. It's gonna be weird not having fans there, you know. I'm mm-hmm. sure Cubs and White Sox fans will love to talk trash with each other. So you're gonna miss that. Uh, uh,
2: before you continue, it will be on ABC Sports Chicago for those yep. of you listening around the Chicagoland area. Go yes. ahead.
0: Yeah, so yeah, so you'll be able to watch it. So you'll and be able to watch it. Yes, yeah, so on free TV Sunday, so you will be able to watch. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how everyone looks, how the team looks, how the pitching. You know, Kyle Hendricks just got the go-ahead you know, for the opening day starter. Um, we'll see how Eloy looks for the White Sox and that pitching because the defense is still a little bit of a problem with the White Sox. I think their offense is fine, but I think you will. So, I think Field, I think they had, like, like, the highest errors last year. I think they were, like, in the top three, I think, Sid, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So, yeah. They gotta to have to clean up those those defensive you know tendencies because that's been like the one that's been like the one thing that that's held the White Sox back. So hopefully they they've cleaned that up. So i look I'll I'll probably take a look at it just to see how everyone looks and you know um they won't be able to spit or scratch or anything like that. So that's <laughs> gonna be hard to do. <laughs> that's gonna be hard to do. So. I think, listen, I would be surprised if this game gets a very high rate for ABC7 because I think people are going to want to see, like, how every – not just the teams, but, like, how they're going to do this. This is going to be very similar to what other – like, the other games are going to be like.
2: I'm looking at it not just from, from the action, level, but more so how uh, these networks will present uh, baseball, especially with no fans. We all have been saying – over the last couple of months that all these sports in particular football are, are presented in TV show type form. Right. I want to see how a uh, baseball will be presented with no fans, because I think all the announcers will be broadcasting from a, uh, from a booth uh, during the home games, but on the road, I think they'll see be, be at the same stadium. So I was just curious to see how the broadcast will be presented because it's going to be different, at least for the beginning of, of this season. Now, I've, I watched uh, just a couple of minutes here there of the In-Squad games for the White Sox uh, this past week, and, and uh, uh, there's no three, four camera view like you would normally get. I think it's just one robo camera, so yeah. and there was a couple of different shots here and there, and if you want to check it out, just go to YouTube and just uh, search for the Chicago White Sox official YouTube page and check some of those clips out, but uh I want to see how uh, the the broadcast will be presented not just be not just pregame but during the game because it's going to look different, and how will it present to us the viewers at home since we can't attend these games
0: I think I heard like in some place I forgot I think it was I think it was with the Red Sox or one of the teams I saw a a replay it might have been one of the West Coast teams where they actually pumped in the crowd noise. So I think that's mm-hmm. probably what you're going to see here, I'm sure, with the, the Cubs and White Sox, you know, uh exhibition game, I'm sure you're probably going to see it. And I believe Meth um, Escursion and, and uh, Alice Rodriguez, A-Rod, I think they're going to be doing the games from a studio in Bristol. They're not actually going to be over there. Because I think they, they're doing that with their MLS. So I think for safety reasons, I think that's what ESPN decided to do. Because I think – because I know with um, – with the mls they were actually going to send their broadcast guys over there you know down to florida but i mm-hmm. guess once the the covid uh cases started spiking they said you know what we're just going to keep you guys in bristol and, and, mm-hmm. and you know soccer they, they've been doing this soccer for years you know especially overseas they they do it from a studio you know whether it's yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know fox sports you know they have soccer they do it from los angeles you know espn they're going to do it from their their studios at connecticut so I know that, yeah. I think I think Lyndon JD and and uh, Jason Benetti, uh um, Lynn Lynn Casper, Lynn, uh, Jen you is also uh, Steve Stone and Jason Benetti. They're going to be actually going to be going on the road with the teams. So, and I think Andy uh, Andy Mazur and also Zach Zayman. I think they're going to be in the studios. I think that's I think that's what I think. I think
2: you're correct on that. Yeah, I think
0: that's how the, that's how I haven't heard um, anything otherwise. But yeah, if you correct me if I'm wrong here, Sid, but uh. <laughs> But I think this is this is going to be a different world for a lot of these broadcasters, too. So it's going to be interesting how this stuff is presented because, you know, look, we've seen it. It's worked in soccer. Um, it's worked in um, golf because I know how it's up in golf. I think, like, the main guys – all the main guys are at the, the tournaments. And they got others, like, in Florida or New York or wherever mm-hmm. they're – you know, they're broadcasting. So that's how they've been able to do it, so – it's going to be to see how baseball does it. And, of course, in NASCAR and the Formula One, they actually have all their people there, of course, you know, doing the distance from the interview, like six feet. Mm-hmm. So, at least see how they do it in baseball because it's one of those sports where you're going to want to get how they're going to set up. Are the players going to be, like, six feet away from the coaches and the managers? I'm kind of dying to see how they're going to do this.
2: Yeah, this style of broadcast is more common, more common than not because we're used to seeing our broadcasters live especially here in this country, live at the site, you know, presenting uh, uh, the game in a particular way. Uh, the, let's not forget, um, many of the Olympic events are uh, – many of the broadcasters are yep. – some of them are there, but some of them are not, and they're doing it from a studio. And I know I know, in hockey as well, at least the last couple of years, that the, that the, the, the teams that have been playing overseas – whoever the uh, announcers are for those particular teams are, if it's a national game, they've done, it, oh, they've done it in a studio. So we're about to see this style of broadcasting um, more common now only because of the situation we're in in this pandemic right now. So I'm looking forward to this exhibition game as far as how, how it's going to be presented, especially now with the, the fans not involved in the stands.
0: Yeah, just like I said, you're probably going to see, hear a lot of pumping crowd noise. You're probably going to see, like, mm-hmm. you know, the look and the feel of it. I think that's why. That's why I said like a lot of these exhibition games are probably gonna get a high rate because like, people are going to be curious to see like how are mm-hmm. these games going to be presented, especially since we're probably going to be, so it's probably going to be this, it's going to probably be the same in col- in the NBA. Once we'll get to them in a minute, college mm-hmm. football I'm sure as well, and the NFL too. We'll see what they do with their crowd noise. That's like the one thing that that, you know, people are discussing it, how they're going to do that. Like I said, Joe Buck kind of, like, you know, let the cat out of the bag, if you will, and they, they may pump in the crowd noise. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, like I said, the look and the feel of it, to see it's going to be weird at times, you know, with nobody there. So, because I saw some of those ex- those uh, inter-squad games between the Cubs and the White Sox, it was sort of weird not being able to see the fans and, you know, you know little kids eating their cotton candy and their pizza and popcorn and you know, parents, you know, kind of battling, you know, to get those fly balls. I mean, I know with the Cubs, they had, like, some of their players on the like, Anthony Rizzo's out there, out there in the bleachers, you know, kind of, like, get the feel of it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this will be interesting.
2: Yeah, it's a lot for uh, – a lot of people involved uh, to adjust to uh, mostly the players first on the field. And when you take a look at a situation like this, uh, people had to adjust their habits. But uh, for the players, they had to adjust to not spinning and not – uh, high five and not doing so, some of all of these other traditions that we're used that they're, they're used to so it, it's going to be an adjustment right there uh can they uh, uh, adjust uh quick enough well w- we shall see but it it's going to be interesting for sure looking at we as a country are are dying
0: yeah we are we definitely are you know trying you know dying to get a live sports on and Looks this is going to be a completely different feel, and we're going to have to deal with it for the rest of the year. So I think it's something that we're going to have to adjust and we're going to have to get used to because I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen there because, like I said, I mean, not being able to, you know, I think in some places where I think there might be people there, we'll see. But like I said, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about the NHL right quick, uh, sis. We've got a few more minutes here. Um, Corey Crawford looks like he's not gonna be able to play for this sort of you know NHL tournament style. However, they're doing this against like Edmonton. Uh, what are you thinking? Do you think the Blackhawks have a chance against them?
2: If Cory chance, I don't give us a twenty-four team tournament or a regular Stanley Cup playoff run. With uh, as Eddie Olczyk once said, you have no goaltending, you have no shot. So I know Malcolm Subban, the brother of the PK Subban. He'll be the designated starter right now. But if they don't have Corey Crawford, uh, the Blackhawks have no shot. Uh, uh, whatever's happened to Corey Crawford, I hope that he's okay first and foremost. Uh, with that being said, you have no goaltending, t- you have no shot. You, have a, you can have a stacked roster all you want to. Yes, we, we said with the NBA, like, you know, everybody's starting on an even-level playing field. I know uh, Brent Seabro is back skating on the ice for the Blackhawks. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but with that being said, everybody's starting at an even kill right now. But if you have no goaltending, you have no shot.
0: Yeah, it's kind of what I heard Patrick Sharp say that. Um, of course, you know, sort of like the architect, one of the architects of the three Stanley Cups for the Blackhawks. He's doing TV now for both NBC Sports Chicago and NBC. I'm sure he'll be doing some of the games there. And I think, I think there's a. The the similar way too, even though I think the, the hub city like they're in Vancouver and Edmonton, I believe. Or is it Toronto? Oh, I'm Toronto not. and Toronto would have, yeah, Toronto Edmonton, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll just see like how is there gonna be crowds there? Or they're gonna cause I know like go you know, President Tr Trude- Prime Minister Trudeau has kinda like kept everything kinda unlocked there as well. So I don't know if we're gonna see any crowds, but I'm sure we're gonna be like pumping in the crowd noise too. So look, like I said before, everything everybody pretty much starts from zero now. So mm-hmm i mean look, the hawks got a shot as pretty much everybody else so we'll see how they do i mean look can jeremy call to kind of like get the best to the team and you know will the veteran guys sort of like use their experience in the playoffs to kind of like say okay you know what guys well, look we got a chance here so we'll see what happens i mean like i can't wait you know and they actually have labor peace for the next few years so i think that's yeah. actually <laughs> helped them PRY. so i think look i look i think the nhl Look, if they have in their way, they can get like the Blackhawks or the Rangers or like one of the big the big markets to kind of like advance in this tournament. I think that can only help them in the ratings.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. We've been saying that for the last few weeks. And hopefully they can get, uh, up, I don't know uh, in what year that, that TV deals up with NPC, but hopefully they can get that situation taken care of as well. I know ESPN has been knocking at the door yeah. to try to get back into covering hockey for the first time since 2004. So if they can get a better TV deal uh, (laughs) to go along with that extension of that TBA they signed a couple weeks ago, uh, they'll help that sport to grow back up again and it'll go a long way.
0: Absolutely. Um, Let's go back to baseball for a second. Michael Kopech, I'm wondering, like, he decided not – he opted not to play um, but never really gave us any details as to why, I mean – he had injury issues last year, but some people were saying that it's more mental than it is physical. What do you think of, well, about Kopech's situation?
2: I heard Don Cooper's comments, and I know he takes up for his guys uh, on the pitching staff. He's the pitching coach for the Chicago White Sox. And he, he did mention that uh, Kopech has been battling mental issues from, from, from uh, the majority of his life. But with that being said, whatever uh, – the, whatever reason why Michael Kopech decided not to play this year, we have to respect that. So, and I think for the White Sox, it it will do them good in the long run too to have him both healthy mentally and we well, you know he's healthy physically because he was doing very well in his in his bullpen session before this news happened. So, uh, whatever helps him down the road will help the White Sox down the road as well. But for, but first and foremost, hopefully that Michael Kopech is okay away from the field. That's most important. And, and, and when that settles in, everything else will fall into place. So hopefully he's okay from a, not just a mental health standpoint, but from, from everything else as well. So uh, I'm not pounding my fist that he should be playing and all that other stuff. That, that does no good. So well, for the players that are uh, that, that elected not to play this year, you just have to respect that decision and, and and they'll be back back playing again. So the world's not going to fall over. It's not going to fall off its axis. You know, the people just relax.
0: Yeah. Wish him nothing but their the Their personal health is
2: more important. Yeah. We all know that uh, that's their livelihood, that's their jobs, but your personal health is more important, folks. That's just how people realize that the ones, especially the ones that get you know, upset over nothing.
0: Yeah. Wish him nothing but the best and hopefully he can you know, get his mind right. And I think that's what listen that's the most important thing. Not just for physical, but also the mental, because you gotta get your head in the game. Wish mm-hmm. him nothing but the best. So uh let's talk about the NBA in a, in the bubble uh since we got a few more minutes here Sid. Um uh apparently I guess some guys are like <laughs> they're leaving the bubble. I guess there was like one player I forgot his name. Uh um, oh, from the
2: Houston Rockets. Yeah, yeah from Houston. Yesterday. Yeah, and I think He's his mom had to for the next ten days. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and his mom actually had to kind of, kind of call. She's a doctor, and apparently she had to, he, she had to call him out, say that, hey, look, you didn't <laughs> leave for my cooking, so I don't know what you're leaving for. Um, and then you had like, Eric Bledsoe come out and say he tested positive, and um, Zion had to leave for a medical emergency, not with himself, but I guess someone from his family. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that's COVID related, or maybe it's just something else. We don't really know about that yet, but um. But also, apparently guys are, like, I guess guys are getting their food, like, naked or, like, shirtless or whatever. I don't know what's going on <laughs> there, but a lot, a lot of weird things are happening in this bubble. You know, James Harden just got there. Also, Russell Westbrook, you know, announced that he tested positive earlier this week, but he said he's feeling good. So, what do you, what, what do you think's going on? What's happening here, Sid?
2: Uh, as we come to know for the NBA over the last few years, especially in this social media era, Things are back to normal, quote-unquote. Yeah. That's why the league is like the NFL right now. You're making more news off the field just as much as you do on the field, correct? So this ain't, this is, isn't anything new. Uh, people, as we talked about with the baseball, people are waiting to see what happens with the NBA once the games get going. As I said when we had Mackie Hendricks on Formula Six Seventy score a couple of weeks ago, I said the, mainly the storyline is going to be, how the players handle themselves away from the court. Now, on the court, it's going to take some time, but I think they'll eventually figure that out. How they handle the situation off the court uh, will be the telling story because we haven't been in this position in this pandemic before. Hopefully we'll never go through this ever again. But uh, the players, uh, it's going to take a while for them to adjust to a new lifestyle and a, and a new situation. So that's really going to be the main storyline here.
0: Well yeah, look, they can't you know, they can't you know, they can't see their families, they can't see their wives, girlfriends, both in some cases, or you know, I love Kim <laughs> Walker's quote. Listen, Kim I love Kevin Walker's Walker's quote. He said, Look, I look I ain't married, I ain't got no kids, so I look I am just this is just me. So I'm just gonna like do my thing. <laughs> so uh you, you see uh Miles Leonard, you know, and JJ right they do like beer chal beer guzzling challenges. So like, okay, whatever. Whatever, whatever get you guys to kill time, I guess. But uh, I can't wait till the games to, to start. But uh, like I said, we'll, we'll see. And then, I guess, apparently James is under fire for, I guess, wearing a mask for, I guess, like, thin blue line or something. I, I don't I don't know. I guess they, they're they saying that the mask was like, it's pro-pull. Like, uh, what's, like, a thin blue line? You guys ever heard of the thin blue line? Uh, what? Oh, gosh, OK. Uh, But yeah, so all this stuff, I guess, it can only help with the buzz, right?
2: And what about Dwight Howard being called out for not wearing a mask?
0: Yeah. The snitch what is that line. All
2: about?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, that 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 snitch line's been very busy. So like, okay, this is just weird. But I guess look, I look, I guess if, if you're out of the silver, I guess the, it only helps with the buzz, right? I mean, we'll see what yeah. happens on the court. So, you know, I guess only I guess it can only help with the, the with the pump and the and the buzz.
2: Yeah, like I said before, the NBA is becoming the NFL that they make um, news just as much if not more than what happens on the court so this is another prime example right there
0: and I think well, this is safe to say that I think we want the games to start if this is what we're talking about we're talking about you know James Harden's mask or you know Dwight Howard not wearing a mask or you know someone's you know jumping quarantine for food and it's just you know guys <laughs> guzzling beer I mean or whatever I like okay <laughs> I guess whatever helps, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course, we, as fans, we want the games to start. and But on the flip side, do you rather, you rather be talking about this or more players being tested for COVID-19 and possibly for the league to get shut down? That's all the side you can look at as well. So which situation you want to talk about here? Which situation you want to have? Yeah, I, this.
0: I think you just said it right there. So
2: uh, anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I, I'm good for this week. It's going to be another hot one here in yep. Chicago, in the Chicago Lake area this weekend. That means air conditioning for me. I'm <laughs> <Also> good <laughs> for you as well and many of our listeners and supporters, supporters out there. But I'm really looking forward to uh, the exhibition game on Sunday night from the friendly confines between the White Sox and Cubs. So I'm really looking forward to the broadcast, how NBC Sports Chicago is going to present this. I know it's an exclusive White Sox telecast because now – Uh, NBC Sports Chicago is the exclusive home of Chicago White Sox now. So I want to see how the broadcast uh, will be presented to us as fans. There will be no fans in attendance. And and any new things will will the White Sox broadcast team try out? Uh, What's going to be the nuances of this? We'll see. But I can't wait to check that out.
0: You know, can you know? I think like another thing, like can Tiger make a run at the Memorial? I think he's near the bottom right now. Uh, Ryan Palmer and Tony Finau, as of this recording, is your leaders right now. They actually had to like step up a little bit because I guess there's a severe weather that's coming towards mm-hmm. Ohio. So this is Jack Nicholas, Nick Jack Nicholas's course. So we'll see if he can make inroads over there. He's, I think, he's only like four times over there. So we'll see if he can make he can make the Tiger move on Saturday over the week Saturday and over the weekend.
2: Yeah, as we all know, as we all know, if Tiger's in contention on Sunday, uh, people will be watching. It's going to be more important now since there are no fans uh, in attendance. You're yeah. going to have record numbers.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So plus that that tournament uh, ranks high anyway. So that'll be that'll be a fun one there. Um, yeah. So you you want to tell us our the announcements there, Mr. Brown?
2: Okay, so she's throwing the ball on my court. <laughs> well, look, I asked um, you.
0: Like, look, you don't have to do it, but I, <laughs> no, just, I asked I'll, you. You want to make it, it? Is I'll,
2: t- I'll take it. Um, we contacted our friend, Mr. Jason Kessner, your uh, co host. There now, we're going to be officially a three man crew once again. So, in our next podcast, Pfeiffer. he will be. Pfeiffer,
0: you-, you 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 got him mixed up with uh, your guy from the D and D.
2: There, okay well I apologize but shout out to Jason Kessler. I love him yeah, but, uh, yeah we love Lifer, him Piper your original original cult original co host of Second City Sports he will be joining us in our next podcast and we're going to have a lot of fun with him things are looks like it's going to get back to normal with us we're going to continue to bring you the the hottest content uh new content and plus we're going to continue to bring you uh, great interviews with some of your favorite guests and new guests as well so Jason Pfeiffer, look for him to re- make his return to the Sega City Sports crew. It's going to be a great time with him. I know he's been busy doing a lot of other stuff, taking care of his family, and uh, uh, among other things as well. So he's going to be on with us, uh, I think, in a regular rotation now. So we're going to bring you two podcasts, two episodes per week. So uh, look out for Jace, Jason Pfeiffer in our next uh, podcast. So. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. I think we should just go, just gonna let him have the floor, Lakina. Like, you know, oh I, yeah. I, I, he's gonna have a lot to say. Oh yeah, look, he's got, look, he's been got been about like month, so
0: yeah, he's got like three or four months worth of stuff, I'm sure. We'll just let him if we have to just let him talk for like the first hour, then <laughs> so so, so, sure it, yeah. <laughs> so we'll look, we'll just we'll just sit back and just like okay. <laughs>
2: let him have go ahead, it. Jason. Yeah, just let it rip.
0: Yeah, wrap on, Jason. <laughs> yeah. so you can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Kena underscore McGee on the Instagram.
2: You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CK Eddie. Once again, at CK Eddie, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can read all of my articles at WeAreRegalRadio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. And you can follow the Dean and Dave Show, which is the crew that I'm a part of as well. You can follow the Dean Davis Show on all of our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dean Davis Show. Once again, at Dean Davis Show. And we want to congratulate D, a.k.a. DeMond Sproul. Uh, he's going to finish out the month, but he's leaving uh, the show. He's like Don Cornelius on Soul Train, uh, the late Don Cornelius. He's going from the camera to the behind the scenes, so He's not going anywhere. You can follow him on social media, on his personal account, at Demonds one that's D-E-E. M M O N Z E one the number one. So uh, he, he's been great throughout all these years. Uh, he, he, he's had a great run. But like I said, he's not going anywhere. He's still co-owner of WeAreRegalReal.com. Him, Kenneth Davis, and his cousin, Kyle Means who runs uh, the site and controls the content to an extent on this program as well as far as getting out and letting you beautiful people hear this podcast as well. So, uh, we headed in the right direction. Dee, congratulations to my man. I, I told him that behind the scenes uh, a couple of weeks ago. So he had a great run. Uh, we made a lot of strides. And so we're going to continue to make strides as well. I know he's going to do the same thing as well. So look out for big things for him. But I just wanted to say on this podcast, congratulations to him. And I'm sure he's going to hop on this program oh, sometime down the road and, and make his little quarter high cue. Yeah, Hi-Q. exactly. So, <laughs> well, yeah, so exactly. You, we all yeah, know that he has a lot to say. So yeah, um, oh, he's yeah, gonna, he's
0: gonna let it rip. Oh, yeah, not not listen, not at all. And don't worry, the D and David show will be back, it'll just be kind of like yeah. reformed.
2: Yeah, we Re, we ain't going anywhere.
0: Yeah, it's not going anywhere, it's just gonna be like reformed, mm-hmm. reimagined. So look mm-hmm. out for that on we go we And like, like, what like we says, you know, I can't wait for Jason because I'm sure you will know, listen. Jason's gonna have a lot to say on a whole lot of stuff. We may just let them just like you said. We may have just like let him just let him do his thing. Yeah, <laughs> get those muscles we'll going. We
2: we'll just call it the Jason episode.
0: Yeah, the Jason Pfeiffer episode. That'll be. It. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry, just to but, be like fair. You, but yeah, but like I said, don't worry. We're still gonna give you great guests. You know, we're talking about some of the latest mm-hmm. headlines and such. So don't worry, we're not gonna change. because we're gonna be more of a three three man, three person weave here. So don't worry. We get back to normal
2: ourselves. Mm.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Look, you know, I'm looking forward to next week. I know Jason, Jason's ready to go. And look, like I said before, I'm sure he's got about three months worth of stuff he wants to say. <laughs> get those, get those, get those muscles, get those like get those like muscles back. Get those mm-hmm. like those, <laughs> those talking muscles back. I'm sure oh, yeah. like, they'll have a lot to say. So look, you, look, guys, you know what? Stay safe, you know, wash your hands. You know, take this seriously. You know, the COVID cases are rising again, like we've been saying in most of the country. So if you you know, wear a mask. you want to play ball if you want to see ball wear a mask wash Mm -hmm. your hands you know keep your distance and just listen just be good to each other
2: see you next week and wear your mask
0: and wash your hands